Hello everyone, welcome back to a new season of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves has returned for 2021 in Chicago, kicking off Thursday, September 23rd and running through Sunday the 26th at Metro, Smart Bar, and G-Man. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Friday Night Metro openers, Jonathan, Rita, and Tyler. This is Pixel Grip.
tell me about I, I don't even know if I can say it. Tell me about alpha pussy. I don't know. What is what is what is alpha pussy? I think coming off of heavy handed, we really just wanted to have a song that hit really hard and we were really inspired by a lot of like other techno tracks and I was brewing up something and Rita came into the room at some point and was like, I wrote some lyrics and I'm just going to go for it. I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to sing it. And that's how it happened. Yeah. I remember I was really embarrassed to say the lyrics in the studio. I was also doing, I was performing them in a British accent for some reason. Like that was the vision. Like while Tyler was producing this beat, I was like, wait, I have an idea. Your pussy slow. And Tyler's like, that's beautiful. <laughs> what about the cover? It, uh, it looks like you have some sports gear on. What, what's like the symbolism behind that? Um, the symbolism behind that was that you need protection to go into the arena. And that's exactly what I, I wanted to be this sculptural piece. I wanted the cover to have a sculptural look to it. And I wanted to be this angular shape so that when you looked at the cover from far away, it was just like, like a mountain or like a shape coming up from the bottom of, like compositionally, I wanted it to be like a mountain. And I wanted to look like I needed a lot of protection in order to go into this arena. Or that, at least that wherever I was going was a very unsafe, dangerous place, but that I was going there anyway. So I think that, and also just together, like the pads and the, the wrestling thing, it's just like, it comes out, it's just, it's so weird looking and you, it kind of takes it takes you a second to like think to yourself, like, why are they wearing that? I always like to keep an audience's attention for like a second too long. I, I watched your video for Demon Chaser and then I ended up on uh, Say Money's Instagram page for like an hour, I think, just scrolling through. Uh, tell me about working with her uh, on that song in the video. Yeah, Kaymon is amazing. She's hilarious and effortless and like, um, I don't know, man, like, she was, she's just also super on point. Like, she walked into the studio and she was like, seemed like super timid and like coy and like demure and like, I don't know, I wrote something, but I don't know if it's gonna work. I kind of just scribbled down a few thoughts. And then like, like one take delivered like the most stellar performance that was like, oh, bitch, you, you don't know. You don't, are you sure you don't know that you're amazing? Like, um, just very on point, very professional, very cunt diva. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you're saying that, that she was a little timid about it and then you were a little embarrassed about the lyrics for, for your lead track. But it's like, you know, uh, the album as a whole, it's it's very 
sexual and it's explicit and it's like in your face and it's very uh it's very like self-empowering and aggressive so it's like it's funny to to be like eh, i'm a little nervous about this oh but when i actually hit record i'm gonna bring it yeah that's kind of the vibe where it's like that timidness is absolutely curated like so that it that doesn't show up on the final production of it it's just like pretending to be confident really manifesting confidence through like delusion grandiosity and narcissism <laughs> i also spent a little time today not working uh checking out your tiktok and um i might be i might be old but i don't think i know of any other bands that have a tiktok and um I, I, so I have to say my, my two favorite things that, that I watched today was the day in the life video. Uh, we were getting ready and, and rehearsing and it was sort of like a behind the scenes thing. And my other favorite was Dave, the sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, when you made the keys jangle with your belt, like that was just that little extra bit that gave that it's like my brain. I could picture in my head every sound guy of every show that I've ever been to with his 800 keys, you know, attached to his belt. Um, tell me, so what was the idea behind setting up a TikTok account? Was that like a, like a COVID thing? Is it a, I just, is it, there's more to us than, than just this music that we could put out? Cause it's, it's really funny and it's a very different facet than what you hear if you just listen to the album. No, I mean, like, that's just literally me, like, being bored as fuck and like, basically, like, hallucinating and talking to myself in my studio apartment, like, going crazy during quarantine and just, like, channeling it through humor. And, you know, a little bit of it is, like, delusion as well, where it's, like, these people definitely want to see what I'm doing in my day. <laughs> but, but then people comment and they're like, this was amazing. Like, I love this content. Keep it up. And you're like, oh, so you, you did like it. And then you just kind of keep doing it. And yeah, it's a, it's a fun outlet for me to just be myself. It looked like that video blew up. I think it said it had like 300,000 something views. So I think everyone knows who Dave the Sound Guy is. Yeah, I think Dorian Electra commented on it, and I was like, oh, my God, Dorian Electra. And uh, uh, some other famous verified TikTokers also commented on it, and I was like, all right, let's calm down. We're just, we're just making fun of folks, right? you know? But I'm like, can, like, all 300,000 of you, like, go to my Spotify or... I tried desperately to pivot my content. Like, once I noticed I was getting, like, a shitload of views, I was like... I also do music. I'm going to try to squeeze that in there. And people are like, no, 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 bitch. Put on the fucking, put on a costume and do a skit and make us laugh. That's what we want.
Over on your Bandcamp, I saw that you you have a two-hour ambient set. Tell me about putting that together, because that seems that seems like a lot of content. Well, we were it was a show that we were asked to do at the MCA in February of 2020, and I I made Tyler and Rita go along with playing for two hours in a improvised way and they loved it too (laughs) no it was fun to just like try (laughs) try like a whole new like we're never going to be able to like do a format like this it's like a very one-time special thing and you know it's basically like we brought our studio and just kind of like jammed and like loosely improvised our songs and works in progress and it was really fun and I brought like my big mixer and recorded it all and like you know to kind of commemorate it and just like make a little special thing for fans just thought that making a little physical release as a cassette was like just like a fun thing to do and if anyone wants to hear all two hours of it then good on them we touched on it a little bit, but tell me about how COVID affected you you all personally and, and like the band over the last year. Yeah, I mean, it totally sucked. It was just like, I think we all coped with it in different ways, but still unified and just kind of the dread that we didn't have, like we worked so hard and throughout quarantine, we worked so hard on Arena and like, made sure that every detail was considered and no stones were left unturned. But through all that hard work, we didn't have a moment. We didn't have like that kind of like endorphin rush of playing a sold out show or like going to the club with our friends and just like celebrating. Celebration was like the hardest thing to come by. And it's really important as a band to experience because it's like unifying and really is a motivating feeling and it's it's hard to not experience that did you try doing any of those like live stream concerts or anything that that anyone put out because i feel like I, i would buy those and i would look forward to it and i'd be sitting in my couch and you know there'd be some voice in the background being like, this is boring, turn this off. And just being like, this is not, it's not the ideal setting for this. Like it's, I don't, I'm not getting the feelings that I need usually, you know, when I'm going to a show and, and you let it all out or whatever. Yeah. I'll definitely say as a performer, um, you know, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, like that feeling of timidness and embarrassment. Um, when you go on stage, you feel that, but then there's a sea of supportive, enthusiastic faces and people who are supporting you and clapping for you and chanting for you and excited to see you and who affirm your presence there and egg you on. And during a live stream, like that, ener- that energy just goes no, like it just goes nowhere, you know, and you. I think there was an issue with the live streams that that the energy wasn't there. There were some people who were fantastic at 
like harnessing that energy and still making it something really entertaining. Like maybe they were more familiar with the format of a, performing for a camera. Um, but I think for a lot of people, it just sucked the sucked the life out of them. And you know, and, you know for us, it, we didn't really have a huge interest in playing a lot of them. And I think we've more kind of like retreated within our band and played music for each other and just like stayed in the the real world a little bit more. So uh, what else is uh, coming up for you guys? You're going to do more shows? Yeah, we are. We're booked until Halloween. We're looking to book more um, this year and into 2022. Um, we have a lot of music written, actually, that we wrote during the pandemic. And we're just writing more. And I think we're going to just drop some music here and there. Maybe, I don't know, you'll have to tune in and follow us to see <laughs> what we do. But yeah, just kind of chugging along. We, we, I just want to be booked and busy. I just want to play a million shows. That's all I want to do. You know? Yeah, we want to tour and focus on playing shows outside of Chicago. Yeah, like the pandemic really just reinforced that that's all I want to do with my life is just play shows. So I'm going to do that. Was there anything that I missed that you guys wanted to mention, promote, talk about? Um, I could, we could also plug our Audio Tree session. It's uh, on June 10th. Audio Tree is like a local um, in-studio film session with bands and we're going to be featuring a guest violinist on a few tracks. So, um, yeah, that's, that'll be out on June 10th.
On this episode, you heard Alpha Pussy, Demon Chaser, and Dancing on Your Grave. Pixel Grip can be found at pixelgrip.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Mark and Adam from Consolidated. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Wave's Jamie Duffy. Here is Jean Shock sharing one of her memories. He always wanted to take care of everybody. Like some a band would be coming to town, it's your favorite band. You text him, he's like, Yeah, sure, I got you on the list. And he wouldn't just have you on the list. He'd have you in the balcony and he'd have his friends at the House of Blues serving you food and like really just treated you like you were special and made you feel that way. But one of those nights at the House of Blues, Jamie had got us in. There were a few of us in the balcony, so we're all having a great time. Um, We're all eating. It was Killing Joke. Ascension of the Watchers opened, and uh, Killing Joke was a headliner. And it was a great show. But one of my favorite Killing Joke songs is uh, Communion. And I listen to it specifically when when people I know pass away. There's a line in the song, which is, for all who've died and everything is alive. So I hadn't heard that song in a long time. They played it that night at the House of Blues. And it just happened to be at that part of the show because Jamie was working. He'd gotten us all these passes. He'd gotten us all into the balcony, all food, everything. We're all taken care of. And he'd stop in when he could because he was working the show. Um, But he happened to be standing right next to me when the song played. And I was weeping. And I just like, I turned to him and I was like, just thank you. Thank you for, for giving this to me, this gift. He just put his arm around me and was like, of course he just always made you feel like, of course I would do that for you. Like I I care about you. So the next time I heard that song, the next time I needed to play that song specifically was when Jamie himself passed. He just gave me that gift of being able to experience that song. And then I used it when I missed him and the gifts he gives us like that, like he's not around anymore to get us on the list, but the gift he gave us all is, is cold waves. We have each other in a way that we didn't have each other before. And so I think back to that moment as that's just what he does. He gives.